Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us, the editor and publisher of the Weekly Standard, Bill Crystal. And Bill, without a doubt, one of the most amazing October surprises I've seen since my lifetime in politics, the news about coming out of Benghazi. Can you quickly recap what you think are the key elements of this story? I think what we've learned in the last day or two, and especially from Jennifer Griffin's excellent report, very well-sourced and I think authoritative report for Fox News today, is that not only was there a failure to provide security ahead of time, we knew about that, to the consulate in Benghazi, not only was there a mis- were there misleading statements or perhaps a cover-up of what happened afterwards, but it turns out that there's also a scandal, and maybe the most fundamental and, and tragic scandal of all, about what happened in those hours in Benghazi after the ambassador and Sean Smith had been killed, but when uh, the uh, former SEALs, presumably associated with the CIA now, uh, were fighting from the annex against terrorists in constant radio contact with higher-ups, requesting support, and for whatever reason, denied it. Uh, Leon Panetta said yesterday at the Pentagon Secretary of Defense that, well, it's you know, hard to send uh, support when you don't have perfect uh, information, or as he said, you know, information in real time. But, of course, that's exactly what they turns out they did have. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say I know exactly what should or could have been done, and, but at least not sending people over to take a look in helicopters or in planes, not, not making greater efforts than seem to have been made. I think there's a huge now question mark right up the chain of command. Presumably, this is the kind of thing the president would have been asked about and would have had to have authorized, of course. This is not decisions that are made at a lower level. So I think now this whole issue of what happened on September 11th in Benghazi has has been brought to a whole different level than we would have thought just a couple of days ago. You know, Bill, when I used to run campaigns, there were two kinds of issues. One were policy issues where people could theoretically understand your point and tax rates and how they would impact things, you know. And then there were the issues I said were the power issues, have a a power over people. They impact your emotions. They affect how you feel about the people that are governing you. And I think that this report of people begging, essentially, for help during during the fight, you know we're here, you know where we are, we've painted up a target, has true emotional power over people who maybe have shrugged this story off until now. Yeah, I very much agree. So it's one thing for them not to quite come clean afterwards. It's another thing for the State Department bureaucracy not to get the security requirements right, if those are the, if you would accept those sort of excuses for the other problems that they've, the administration's had. But I mean, for the Secretary of Defense to say yesterday, you can't, you don't deploy forces into harm's way without knowing what's going on, without having some real-time information about what's taking place. Leave aside whether that's a true principle. I mean, forces are always going to rescue people in Afghanistan to help out people in firefights without having perfect or full, real, even uh, real-time information about what, exactly what's taking place. They go in and they figure out what to do when they get there if Americans are under fire. But here, it turns out we had real-time information about what was taking place. And I, I personally, when I saw this report this morning, I'd already been, been a little bit shaken, honestly, by uh, Tyrone Woods' father on radio explaining his bewilderment about why his son had been left there to fight for hours and ultimately be killed. And, and I... But, you know, you sort of want to give the benefit of the doubt, of course, to the military brass and to the Secretary of Defense and not second-guess from, you know, where we're sitting, uh, these complicated decisions. But but I really think this report this morning just takes it to a whole different level. It at least requires the Secretary of Defense or the head of the CIA and ultimately the president to come forward and explain their rationale for doing nothing. Maybe there was a good rationale. Maybe they couldn't get there. Maybe it was too murky to do anything. Maybe we would have endangered more lives than we could have saved. Those are all obviously you know, practical questions that people are entitled to, to, uh, you know, to, to, to raise and explain. But 
as it looks now, I do not believe the situation is it's, it is not acceptable in a way from what we now for, for the government to remain silent now about what happened. There are two uh, political aspects that relate to the presidential race. I want to ask you about Bill Crystal. The first is the fact that the Romney campaign clearly feels that they've been burned by talking about Benghazi in the past. Maybe they jumped to first. You've got this legitimate question. Can a candidate for president in a partisan race raise the questions you just raised without looking like an opportunist, without uh, undermining his own perception as a leader? I mean, I think he can raise the question. He can say, look, I'm as bewildered as everyone else by what happened and by the decisions that were made, and we need to have answers. But if I were advising President, uh, Governor Romney, I'd, do, I'd advise him to do it in a, in, a, in a very judicious and sober way. It isn't the time to leap to conclusions. Maybe there are good answers. Maybe, for all we know, a secret helicopter was dispatched. And just, you know, I mean, we don't know everything. Mm-hmm. Maybe planes were dispatched and found they couldn't uh, get clarity enough to drop to direct fire on the on the positions that were directing indirect fire at our at our guys there so you know there are there are things that we could learn that might make us have a you know decide that the administration did more or less what it could have done so the president uh, governor romney keeps saying the president the governor romney should be careful about what he says and judicious and honestly i think this is now a story that even the mainstream media can't ignore so the questions will be asked in any case but i do think this could be a huge moment romney or just from a political point of view Romney clearly already had momentum, in my view, is probably now ahead in the race nationally, probably virtually tied in the Electoral College. And if this scandal now becomes, as I said before, not just a scandal of a security failure beforehand or a cover-up afterwards, but an actual failure to rescue Americans under fire in a situation in which they could have been helped, I, I think it, it could be decisive, really, for the campaign. But there's another political aspect, and it's the uh, the strangeness of my Twitter feed this morning, which started off with all of these slightly risque jokes about the president's embarrassing ad featuring a you know movie star talking about you know voting for Obama is like losing your virginity, and that's such a petty and small and embarrassing approach. And then my Twitter feed immediately <laughs> twisted into this profound you know, a, a, a conversation about anger and horror. And, oh, my gosh, look at this big problem, this big scandal, what appears to be a big failure. And I think that very much uh, p- plays into the message of Romney at the end of the race, which is I'm the candidate for big things while President Obama is campaigning on small things. No, I think that's right. I mean, that Internet ad is pretty appalling. I suppose they wanted to keep it as an Internet ad because if you buy time on TV, of course, you have to uh, disclaim it. You have to have the president or Governor Romney on camera saying, you know, I've, I've authorized this, ad, this, uh, this announcement. So um, I'm sure Obama, President Obama does not want to be authorizing this vulgar and really, I mean, uh, crude, you know, uh, uh, Internet ad that they've put up. It's really, I really recall nothing like this, I've got to say, in American politics. And it's the kind of thing that a second tier congressional candidate did. Right. You know, in a desperate race where he's losing by 20 points, you'd think, ugh, what a kind of pathetic attention getting gimmick for the incumbent president of the United States to authorize an ad like that. Really amazing. But, you know, during the Clinton years when the economy was booming and the, you know, the Cold War we had won and you know, the, 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 the communism was receding, you had these silly topics pop up like school uniforms. This is not a school uniform moment. What do you think the impact's going to be to have this very profound story out of Benghazi raising literally life and death issues while you have a president who's running around still talking about binders, big birds, and whether or not this is your first time? Well, let's see if he discusses these profound issues uh, today or tomorrow on the trail and, and whether he acts like a president or just like a, 
a sort of uh, juvenile candidate for a second-tier office. I think it's a big moment, and I, I do think voters could judge him harshly if he just continues to run around the country being... Um, you know, petty and, and, and ridiculous. One last question. Obviously, the Weekly Standard's been covering this because it's important. Some media outlets have been covering Benghazi because it's important. But it has been astonishing to see the absolute paucity of coverage in places you would think. I mean, this is like, this is a Washington Post, New York Times fantasy to have a scandal like this, you know, for, for an incumbent president. And yet they've all but ignored it. Do you honestly believe that these new developments will cause over the weekend and early next week coverage of the Benghazi scandal? I was just discussing that with Steve Hayes. I, I don't know. Charles Crowder and I had exchange about this last night on special report, and he said he thought they would resist it. This is before the new reports, sure. of course, from Jennifer Griffin, that the mainstream media would succeed in kicking this down the road till after the election. And I said, actually, I thought maybe not that I'd been traveling a little this week, and I'd gotten questions about it. I do think it, it's broken through even before today. People had the sense that it, something was wrong, and they were disturbed and unhappy about it, of course. I wanted to know more. I, I, I've got to think this report if you're a self-respecting Pentagon correspondent, national security correspondent uh, at one of the major newspapers or networks, how can you not now follow up and try to find out what happened? I mean, I say that. Maybe they will try not to, but I, I think this one will break through. Well, even if it doesn't, it'll be at weeklystandard.com along with this podcast. Thanks so much, Bill Crystal, for your time. Hey, my pleasure, Michael. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard podcast here at weeklystandard.com. Please visit often for new podcasts on a regular basis.